Um, hi, I'm Rachel Vogt, and this is a Good Girls Guide to Podcast, and I'm so excited because today we are going to be having a very, very special guest. Join us. It is my dear friend, Josie. She's been on the podcast before, so if you are new, which more than likely you're not, uh, but if you are, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I am Rachel. I've been an entrepreneur now for 10 years, and I'm definitely in an expansion mode right now, so the core of what I do is intimacy coaching. I do classes and empowerment, uh, one-to-one sessions, as well as have a fantastic group uh, that is built for the feminine only 18 years or older definitely focuses around sexual wellness and intimacy but find the link tree somewhere to um to connect with me if you like what we're talking about and uh, Josie's information will be in there as well uh, but I would love for her to give you an introduction so that you guys can recap if you haven't uh, catched up on season one and two when she was a co-host with me uh do that but we're gonna definitely talk to her today so thank you so much for joining us dear friend thank you for asking me to come back I really enjoy doing this it's always a good reason and excuse to hang out with you oh yeah um, not that we don't do that on a regular yeah. basis um we'll have been holidays have been a little rough with scheduling and and kids and day jobs and such but yeah that's we, true i've been in business myself for six years as a sexual wellness educator and that's how we met and i'm just glad to get to do some New things myself for 2023. Heck yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the constant pieces of feedback I was getting about the podcast was that people really enjoyed when other people came on. And, um, you know, like one of the things that had like browsed, like browsed, I was trying to say browsed, browsed through my head was like upcoming guests and who you could really find. And, you know, through networking, I've met some what I would say 2018 Rachel would say intimidating women and when it comes to like business and I still look forward to being able to do like things like that but I really really appreciate like my friends coming on to the podcast with me because I think that other people again very much resonate with hearing somebody else's story and you know um all the great things that come along with that whether it's empathy or just experience through a new lens or even exposure because you're not even in Nebraska quite a few I'm doing you're in Iowa. I got somebody else who's going to be in Iowa. I got two more people in Iowa for sure. I got somebody who's in Tennessee. So I really just think that's uh, that's powerful. And uh, my favorite thing about it, because there's nothing wrong with interviewing high whatever women uh, in business, but that's like a business podcast, right? And that's that's yeah. not per, really what I am doing, I say. So I, I'm just so grateful that my friends are open to being vulnerable and sharing their experiences and very much appreciate when people get some something from doing this together. So it has been, I know, a hot minute since we've done the podcast together. And we were just talking about, of course, what we were going to cover in terms of content. But I think it would be really great if you let them know, like, some of the really big shifts that you've been going through or that you want to share, especially if people can resonate. Oh, well, so the last time we did a podcast, I have continued to grow and expand my pure romance business, as well as continuing to maintain other day jobs, because that's how life goes. Um, I've grown as a person and evolved in ways um, around relationships, not just being in the relationship industry, but actual experience. I've moved three or four states away, did that for a little bit in a relationship, and turned around and ended up coming back home to come back to this relationship, um, those of you listening, I'm referring to my dog that's currently sitting on my lap, yeah. my little boy. 
He is the longest relationship I've had besides the one I have with myself. Yeah, look at him. As you're saying that, too, just lovingly looking right up at you. Yes, Mom, tell the world. (laughs) Yes, he's like, you're finally giving me attention. You've been sitting at your desk all day and haven't given me one lick of attention. So this is currently all the relationship I have time for. um, And making sure all of my friends have amazing sex lives. That's what I've been up to. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, like, it has been now, like, an official year since I wrapped up the last season of podcasting, which is just unheard of to think about it. It doesn't seem like it's been a year. But, you know, this last year was just crazy for our friendship in terms of, like, like you had mentioned at the very beginning, just being in different seasons of life and really noticing how much that took a toll on, I I would say, my everyday processes because I was just so used to having a flow of a schedule and working together and having somebody that is in the same mindset of setting goals and finding systems that work for us in the way that we run our businesses and our lives. And I don't know, like, and then having you go through such a big major life change during that as well. Like I just, I can, I can, I can say that a lot of my friends were saying the same thing. Like people that I like, you know, we're so busy things with things going on in my own life. that when I came back together, people were like, Oh yeah, like shit hit the fan over in my life too. Like multiple people. I don't know. I really feel like it's kind of like a residual effect of the original we pandemic. We all kind of had our own shit storms at this Yeah. 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 Yes. And I think that it was just like the byproduct of what happened in 2020, whether you were somebody who stepped into like some personal development, if you were somebody who cut your ties from a really toxic job, you found a really rewarding and fulfilling relationship something major i think happened for majority of the population in some way shape or form and that's what we're left yeah 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 to say the least yeah so i think that's a conversation for a different day in terms of really great depth around that as you and i have been discussing with the availability of being able to get together the last couple of weeks we are i think you can correct me if i'm wrong but we're both really in a headspace that 2023 is going to be a different year Absolutely. I have grown so much in this last year. Like, and it's really been about 14 months um, because I have to give myself that time period of when I got COVID and ended up having it like twice last year within 71 days. And then I got it again this fall. So that was three times within 13 months and then getting the flu again right afterwards like I did. Like it was, it was kind of weird the way I feel like I've gone through 10 years in this last year yeah there was all of that and then like the the repeat of the cycle of just my health but then to start the year in a tumwa and then move to kansas to be in a relationship with somebody and then to come home basically come home homeless just to prove a point that i've proved to myself and everyone else (laughs) whether i wanted to or not and then I ended up moving back into the same apartment that I lived in 10 years ago when I met him. Mm-hmm. Full circle. So it's been a roller coaster of secular. So um, we talk a lot about energy and stuff, and you don't get tired and make changes until you're tired yes. and you start making changes. Yeah, you get sick and tired, so you're feeling sick and tired. Instead of this being like this, loop like I could have taken it as oh why is this all happening to me again it was no this is a spiral and I'm getting 
I'm that much more closer and to where I want to be and to myself, back to myself, circling and spiraling in in such a positive way because I've been able to see the growth and changes in myself, people around me, and situations just evolving that I'm, I got sick and tired of the same old sick and tired. And I, I took the left turns instead of continuing to go right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I've mentioned this a couple times, but not really publicly at great length. And I feel like where I'm at is in a similar situation in terms of like processing and a lot of recognition around the personal development cycle, which I have mentioned this before as well, is that I was unprepared for the fact that there is a cycle within personal development. I expected not before personal development, but as I got into personal development and habits started forming and positive change really started sticking, I was in mostly a subconscious awareness, but a little bit of consciousness that, oh, holy crap, this is it. Like, I'm in flow. This feels good. I've I figured out my own personal blueprint to how to break through cycles and to get positive habits and to be successful and productive and blah, 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 blah. I was completely unprepared for the uptick into the downswing <laughs> of the pendulum swinging the other way and really shouldn't also be like an awareness that this is okay, but getting knocked off my rocker because everything is cyclical in life. Everything has a season, everything pretty, I mean, like it just does. It's just, it's going to go around and around and around. And it's just, again, the notion of giving yourself grace and how you're going to navigate the next big thing. But I truly believe that is like, I was feeling a little burnt out at the end of last year. And I believe that's why I decided to take a step back. You, you, you know, I've told you over the, this last year that my commitment was just not to take anything new on. I was just gonna, it wasn't about coasting. It was about focusing and, um, tailoring and then also just really giving my mental space and awareness a top priority because it had it even though like things were good since you know the post 2020 uh 2018 rachel's i like to say i was still i think i was emotionally burnt out from processing so much and recognizing so many new things and stepping into emotional intelligence that i was not prepared for another dark night of the soul. I did not even expect that to happen. But of course, now I stand in a place where I understand it's meant to happen because you just move on from one lesson once you've learned it to the new lesson, which I truly believe in the woo-woo side of things, if we're going to go there, is that that's the point of being a human being is that we're meant to learn forgiveness. And if we don't learn in this lifetime, that's why we reincarnate until we have learned the lesson of forgiveness. So... But while we're here, we create, by the way, that's the byproduct of that. So anyway, that's why, right, is that even when I felt really solidly safe in my relationship with my husband, and then I started picking up these skills in business and felt more confident in that, it was like, oh, but you also have to go through the lesson of friendship. Oh, you also have to go through the lesson of mental health. You have to go through the lesson of finances. You have to go through the lesson of wealthness, uh, wealthness, wealth belief, because that's different even than finances. You have to go through the lesson of independence. You have to go through the lesson of wanting to and needing to be taken care of. Like, there's all of these little nuances that I just didn't know I was going to have to really process. And learn. Reading processes that go along with some of those as well. Yes. That are not linear by any means. Um. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I almost lost my point. So I had have, have like this light bulb moment when you were talking about my mindset and the way that it, it has changed in the last year. Yeah. Just from where I was. And I, I didn't realize until really the last maybe eight weeks that I, I felt like I'd gotten bored and stagnant. And 
that was like when we were still in our flow and working quite a bit, but then between me getting sick and the holidays, we kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we still stayed in contact, but the body doubling part of our working together scheduling didn't work out. But I, um, oh no, I'm losing it. <laughs> Don't focus too hard. It'll run away. It's running. Uh, 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 it was just growth mindset. Um, that I'm, oh, I'm not in fight or flight anymore. And that's what it was, was I have spent so many years of my life in fight or flight. Um, and this has taken me six years of, of therapy and work through to figure out and just have this epiphany in the last eight weeks. But literally like right now, we, um, we get so used to being in that mode for so long that when there isn't anything going on, we look for something. And that's where some of us get labeled drama queens. And I know that I have done that. I don't think I necessarily wore that crown um, any longer than like third grade. But um, I, I was looking for something. And so I was ready last year, this year, to dive into all of the new things. And I did as much new stuff as I could. Um, I was going to say without selling everything and leaving town, but that's exactly what I did. So, um, yeah, I, I don't feel the need to do any of that stuff anymore. Mm. So getting to reconnect and cycle back in into closer to my truth rather than just reaching for anything is a cool place to me. Yes. Yeah. And I resonate with what you're, what you're saying is because again, if you're so, like what, what Josie's talking about is like, if you have programming from your parents, teachers, pastors, anybody of influence growing up during your formidable years, just complete social society, Yep, media, newspapers, government, all of that stuff matters. And if your environment was something that like, um, had a lot of trauma in it, if you were, um, a, if you were expected to basically be an adult at a very young age, whether that was taking care of yourself or taking care of your caregivers or taking care of other siblings or whatever it was, that is built into your programming as fight or flight. Your body doesn't know anything different other than survival mode or complete downtime, which is not comfortable for you. So what she's talking about is something I resonate with is that when you remember this conversation we were just having the other day when I said, if somebody comes into the room, even if it's my child and I feel like I'm doing something, I'm not on my phone. I have to like turn it off or put it away because I feel like I'm being judged for not being productive and spending my time, how I want to spend my time where I find it validating. And I run through that in my brain too, is like, even if I'm like doing laundry, I'm like, Oh, but I should be doing a, B and C because it's more productive to the family or more productive to my business than this thing that feels like a waste of my time. But it's not because it still contributes to the family. It's the same kind of thing that you're talking about is I have a problem with being bored because bored is not something I ever had as a child. I had an overactive mind that was in survival mode. So bored to me feels wrong. It feels like I need to like fill this gap with something to do. Just like you're saying, like if you're not a tangible task person, as I'm describing, which I very much used to be what you're talking about, which is let me start up some drama because then I at least have somebody to interact with and I have somebody to fight with. And even if it's not that direct person, I can go over here and talk shit about this person with this person over here. So that's still something to do, which avoids me feeling my actual emotions, which ultimately for me was being at home in a house where people, it's not that they didn't want me there, but there was, it just wasn't a house. It wasn't a home. They were just two people who raised me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was a house. It wasn't a home. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So I resonate with that. I feel like it's again, a different type of lesson because I had to dissect from what you're talking about being the drama queen and having the emotional distraction within relationships to being okay with self 
in learning to digest that in this arena now, which is just another level of exhaustion around energy and emotion. Yeah, and mine carry over in, into school for a long time. I I wanted to be the teacher pleaser, like, because I I didn't get any attention at home. My, I didn't feel like I did. My sister, if she didn't get her way, it was a big fit, and the attention went on her. And I, I was constantly trying to break up mom and dad's fights, so I was, like, not about to bring any attention onto myself. So... The worlds were completely different growing up. And as an adult, being able to separate work and home is so much different than school and home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It takes time and practice. For sure. Because if, again, that was your experience, you, you were not taught how to live as an adult, let alone live alone as an adult. So it really is, again, about unlearning all of the things that your subconscious picked up as a cue to what felt like acceptance, love, and a family, and then really figuring it out for self. And it's depressing and sad because, like, like I have to waver between always trying to remind myself that this is the best for me right now versus like, you know, seeing family or extended family posting pictures of holidays and Christmases and feeling like, Oh, I miss that. But that was, but that's silly because it wasn't it, what I had when I had it was still unhealthy. It was just, it was, it was more than what I have now. So, it, you know, it feels like I'm missing something, but I'm to an extent I'm not. Does that make sense? But in a, in a way more how, what, what's the more? There were more photographs. There was more... Just like, well, you know, like, before my parents were divorced, there was more tradition, and there was, like, as as an example, like, this is the very first holiday. Well, it's not the very first, but it's like, it, the Christmas was really strange because we're a blended family anyway, so it's not uncommon that we don't have at least one of our kiddos, but both of our older kiddos were supposed to be gone, so it was the four-year-old by herself, but then my biological son did not go on his trip. His flight got canceled, so then it was weird because we didn't have his Christmas presents here, so I was trying to explain to him how off things felt because there was such, there's such an aura and energy in my life around the holidays because of the tradition that we had every Christmas Eve. We did something. Every Christmas Day, we did something, and then to like basically treat it as a regular Saturday, Sunday, it wasn't wrong. It was just different. And, um, that was where there was a little bit of that morning that you were talking about is remembering those, those times. And it's not like my entire childhood was terrible. That's probably why I mourn Christmas so much because it was the one time a year that I felt like we were all together every year and nobody missed a beat. And people, I mean, my dad was such a great gift giver. He was very thoughtful around things like that, which was out of character for everything else that he did in life when we were young. So I, I, I that's what I am associating. And then I still see it in my cousins and my extended cousins still having that with their family. So it's like my heart yearns for it. it and it's, it's just, it's not possible. Even though both of my parents are alive, it, it's just not something that I feel like I'm going to have. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I don't know if uh, my parents will ever be in the same room at the same time again after my going away. Uh, yeah. Lunch. Yeah. It's, it's less spring. So. Yeah family but that's like you know that's an extension of the conversation i'm trying to convince myself because like my husband's situation is a little bit different like his dad has passed away but his mom lives in florida 
and ever, ever since we've been together, we've never been in the same city that she was in. And then he's got a brother who's been all over the United States or whatever. And so I, I look to him and I'm like, and see, his is different because he doesn't have qualms with his family, but his family's still not close in terms of location. He's unbelievably close with his mother. And so like, you know, it's like, then I'm trying to unravel that for self again. It's like, I'm kind of feel like I'm sitting in victimhood where I'm over here. Like, woe is me. I don't have this where my husband makes the best of a situation and still stays in contact with the people that he's close with. And I'm like, that's what you need to do is to really build your family, build your traditions. But then I get looped into this while well, everybody else has their own family. So why would they want to create a tradition with me? That kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, I totally understand that because I keep getting told, you know, this time of year, well, do your own tradition. Great, with who? Because <laughs> even though, like, I mean, the thing that I... I I'm like, going to play Yahtzee. Y- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to bake cookies. Okay, I could do that and I'm going to eat the whole dozen. Oh, I would and do that. And Santa? No. Yeah. Um, you know, there is, yes, there's some stuff that I do and I can do, but tradition is about sharing those things and... You know, I share what I can with Apollo, but yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't roll a dice or color or stir the batter or give <laughs> me the eggs or anything. Yeah, I, that, I think that was like, I mean, the, obviously I'm a firm believer and everything happens the way it's supposed to happen kind of thing. And so this to me was like a reflection about really letting the pressure off myself that a day needed to have an expectation or an energy even a day is just a day and I'm the one that gets to decide how it feels and so you know it was like I, I said at the beginning of the story was that like it didn't it wasn't bad it wasn't wrong it was just different and it was just something that I needed to process so and it's in, in alignment with where I'm at you know as I have just dis, I've disclosed to you uh and to my husband multiple times is that this is the year of 37 for me and my declaration is that kind of what you were talking about is that I, I just decided when I was starting to starting to come towards what I would now call the end of my second dark night of the soul was that I'm like, I am tired of feeling sick and tired. I'm tired of doubting myself. I don't know how I got back to this, this place. I'm not mad at myself for being here because I know I've, I, I know I'm capable of getting out of it and I'm recognizing much more deeply that this is a problem of self. Like, I'm so ready to not assume that this is somebody else's problem, that somebody else created these circumstances for me. I know that I'm in charge of this, and the only thing I can be in charge of is the way that I'm seeing things or feeling things. So I'm going to have to just be diligent. Like, I have to be on top of this super critical voice in my head that's crept back up. She's meant to be there. It's my ego who makes me think I'm special, but it's also the thing that keeps me safe and alive. Don't do the new thing because you might die. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the expectation, so let's just stay here where we want to stay here. Remember how much growth you've had in the last couple of years? That's okay. That's efficient, right? And so I've been listening to her and things were fine. Things were content, but it's okay for me to just reestablish that. Hey, ego, Hey, monkey mind, whatever it is that you're calling it these days, I can hear you. I understand that we're scared and nervous, but you have to remember I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Um, I know that I can feel better than this and I'm ready to feel better than this. I'm ready to stop doubting. Like I'm ready for whatever the next lesson is behind my personal development because this last year and a half has been the focus again around lack. It's been the focus around like disappointment and setting expectations for self. So I'm ready to come back into flow in whatever capacity that looks like. You know what I mean? I do. I just want to tell you though, um, I love seeing how our paths have intertwined and how we met. Um, and you can share the backstory on that if you want to. I don't know what your listeners know or not. So, um, but our ebb and flow, because I started personal development a good five to 10 years before we met. Right. I just wasn't good at the implement implication of it. Mm-hmm. I'd read all the books, 
Um, I'd watched all the TED Talks. I, I thought I knew what I was doing, but I didn't have a direction. And with my ADD, my OCD, my CTPTSD, <laughs> and, you know, come to find out in my late 30s, mid 30s, mid 30s, um, <laughs> and I'm like a little bit on the spectrum. And that it makes a lot of sense as to why I like the little spoon. And clothes just bother me. Sometimes I have a hearing deficit, but I'm overwhelmed by sound constantly, those types of things. But anyways, um, so you're kind of, it sounds to me like where I was when we met because I've got this backflow. So what, what I can see coming for you in the future is you, my loving motormouth friend, are going to talk less because that little bitch in your head is going to get quieter and quieter and quieter and quieter and it's not going to be because you've suddenly done anything like how we've retrained our brain to um corrective thinking i'll just use stubbing my toe as an example for myself growing up in the house i heard god damn it motherfucker who fucking left that there Mm -hmm. so even me as a grown-up in my early 20s living alone if i stubbed my toe that's why I did. God damn it, motherfucker. I'm the only one that lives here. That was stupid. Talking horrible things to myself. I wouldn't hang out with somebody that talked to me that way, but I was talking to myself that way. And just over the physical, and not, physical is not necessarily the right word, but act of talking and, and therapy and, and changing relationships, putting up boundaries with people and things, um, that voice has just gotten quieter. Yeah. Because that level of confidence has gone up, but you know me and we talk on a regular basis. I'm not an arrogant, egotistical asshole. I've just found that other level of flow that is the laid back. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay. I, I can see I all of it now, but I'm not going to let both roller coasters take over. I'm going to watch them as carousels mm. and just stay on my path. Yeah. Yes. Um, I am hopeful that what you're saying is accurate for me as well. It's, it's like, I, I don't know. Um, the chronic people pleasing thing, I think is probably the key to unlocking part of that. Exactly. As you were talking about, because right. Like my focus is my happiness to the detriment of other people. That's what I'm recognizing is that I, I have this crippling fear of acceptance and crippling fear of rejection that if I don't do right by this person, it's going to like kill a little bit of me. And even though I'd heard this for multiple years, my husband had told me a best friend had told me is like my online mentor had said it multiple times. It's like, not everybody's going to like you. You don't want them to. And I had heard it, but it wasn't something I could understand. It wasn't, why? Why can you not have, why, why wouldn't you want everybody to like you was the insecure portion of me who couldn't process that, right? And yeah. really understanding this year, I don't remember where the light bulb came on, but it was like, if I, this goes into the second phrase, which is if you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. And that was still hard for me to understand. It was like, what do you mean? And I think the way I was literally digesting that phrase was like, you can see the point of view 
maybe even argue in a sense of like, I understand why that person thinks that way. But ultimately, it makes you a liar. That's why one of the things that I came to this conclusion of is because like, if I if I say I see that person's point of view, when deep down inside, I completely disagree. And it's not a matter of opinion. It's like, I just think you're wrong. Then I'm not really standing up for what I believe in. I'm allowing that person's opinion to supersede that because I don't want to ruffle the feathers, which is I'm having this epiphany, of course, the greater fear I have, which is confrontation, which I'm sure just cycles into the fact of acceptance because I don't want to piss anybody off. Right. But I have this massive situation. I shouldn't say massive situation. It's just like a huge chunk of my time and energy right around my birthday and um, uh, vacation, ironically. And it was a financial situation with a client. And, you know, so many people, it was... (laughs) So many people had already told me before you before this happened, you know what you need to do to avoid it never happening again. And I couldn't say no, because I was just worried that the person wouldn't like me. And so it was just like the final, uh, like I'd say nail in the coffin to finally understanding like this is not an equal exchange. Like the, the kindness I've shown this person is definitely being taken advantage of. And I have to just fully accept that this is probably not something somebody I want to continue doing business with. They don't respect my time and they're in a different wavelength of life and that's okay. So that was like absolutely the decision of I, I can be a good person and I can have the intention of making the best decision possible for me. And if it affects other people in a sense that they don't appreciate alike or agree, that is not my problem, especially if I know in my heart of hearts that I'm trying to be a good person. So that is my focus, and I believe that's also part of that shift that's happened for me, even this last couple of weeks of the year where it's like, you know, going into this next year. That's part of it. Like, I can't be so critical of myself if I am focusing on self instead of focusing on pleasing somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And that's actually why I chose not to participate in holiday this year was I've been through enough to know that I love my family, but I love them best and they love me best at a distance because of life choices. Mm -hmm. And the easiest one is just my entrepreneurship. Um, They don't understand because of our relationships with money and the way that we grew up. poor. We didn't realize how poor we were until we were older. My parents did a a really good job of raising us in that manner. But looking back on things that we were normal for us and our family, you know, extended family, cousins, whatever, just weren't, you know? So we were blessed in that manner, but to, um, I lost train of thought. where a video like a memory plays in front of you and it was hot dogs and hamburger buns like that was what came to mind that distracted me hot dogs and hamburger buns because that's what we did and um sliced cheese sometimes yeah you know yeah so anyways that was my distraction moment of but it happens yeah yeah (sighs) deep breaths deep breaths. So like I have not sat down like every year, even though I don't really believe in new year's resolutions, I do, I I do align with the energy and the change of the year. And so that is, it's usually a chance for me to kind of set some goals. Now processes is usually like my ultimate goal, like setting a new process in my life to make business easier, especially I never, um, I can't even remember a system 
that I have started at like January one that I ended up keeping for an entire year. And so I haven't made any official goals yet, but I definitely am excited to kind of sit down, be very free and flowy with them. I think instead of making it a very specific metric, which is what usually intimidates me anyway, and then I self-sabotage and don't even make it anywhere close to it, is that I really want to focus on like goals of how I want to feel, like feel around (laughs) my job and my relationships and stuff like that instead and make I mean I think I align with that more honestly I don't know if that's like you know um, on the spectrum thing for ADHD or for autism or not but I I feel like when that's my goal to align with as I was disclosing to you like this that rambling thought about finances last night through that voice memo is that's where it makes sense is like I've been not distracting myself because it was necessary to understand the reality-based tools around something like finances as an example that's necessary. You need to know how money works. You need to know how banks work and so on and so forth. And I did that for so long, but then get so frustrated with myself because now that I understand numbers and now that I'm okay with numbers, why isn't my quote unquote problem still fixed? Because now it's the emotional things that I need to tackle around the beliefs and that kind of thing, which is in my world, which what runs my show much more heavily than I used to think, which was logic. Does that make sense? It does. And mine, mine is a, is a combination of that and then throw a little in there. Um, like I can be really good with, with something with patterns is what I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes that relates to numbers and other times it makes numbers worse. And then you throw in the ADD factor. I'm, I'm who you want in an emergency. I got this the, the next 24, 36, 48, 72 hours. But for me to plan something in advance, like National Training World Conference, that's really hard for me to do versus I have to come up with whatever in the next 62 days. Mm -hmm. That's a completely different story for me. So I totally get that. Yeah, well, was it? This was you and I that were just talking about that the other night, were we not? Has this is like a trauma trigger from our past because I had zero consistency in terms of consequences or even expectations around even little things like cleaning my room. So what happened, I didn't clean my room until my dad was so furious with me that he would like threaten to throw all of my stuff out. So I, that's, I mean, I never put two and two together that that's why I work so well under pressure. And that's why I can't work on a project if it's not due for weeks or even months, because it's not enough of my pattern, which is feeling the feet to the fire to get shit done. And I already can tell that I've replicated that with my kid. I can already tell like, Oh my gosh. Like it's just like, it's nothing wrong with him. Like I understand his pattern and what I need to do to motivate him and also being very kind and polite as I'm gently reminding him to clean your room. A lack of motivation because it's not a task that interests him. Of course, of course. Because that's part of my, problem when I was young was if it was something that interest interested me hell yeah that's a hyper focus like we had to write this is I have an example right behind me in high school we had to write a a five-page essay on anything we wanted Mm -hmm. it just had to be approved and it had to be from uh like before 1800 or before something like that and we had to do a 3d visual aid now that could have been you know, sticks, log cabin, whatever. I asked for a sewing machine for Christmas and made an entire medieval gown with 10 yards of fabric, hyper fixated. <laughs> everything 
full train and sewed the fucking buttons. That is so cool. And the loops, like each loop, it actually unloops and there's a bra fastener here. So like I hand sewed all of those. Yeah. Hyper fucking fixation. I know what that is. This, I mean, yeah, and it makes so much sense, right? Because, like, we hyperfixate on something that we enjoy because why? We're going to get dopamine. And dopamine is our neurotransmitter for the reward center. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's, I'm so grateful that you brought that up because, like, to even add that on, it's like, I, that, those are the conversations I try to have with him is like, I understand that putting the dishes away are not fun. I understand that doing your bedroom is not fun. But, like, the joking side of me says to him, you know, like, but I'm trying to, set you up for success in a relationship yeah your girl yeah yes a productive human but your girlfriend is not going to be your mother and you you, that's just not fair anyways but on the serious side of it it's that kid I didn't like these things either so I'm doing my best to make sure that you understand that when you're on your own nobody's going to do these things for you so it's just good to get into the habit of doing them now but also because you don't have a job you don't contribute financially to the family so this is your job is to contribute in other ways and sometimes it's energetically by playing with your sister and sometimes it's like physical tasks like putting away the dishes it's still here too yeah oh yeah for sure because when we live in in filth we we feel the filth like i am still settling into my apartment like the bedroom was the first focus it's immaculate everything is in its place just how it should be kitchen is the same way this is the last place to be so but I feel like my brain sometimes feels like the this room looks because this room looks this way mm-hmm. because that's where my brain is right Yeah. So it's a repetitive thing for sure. And once it gets to a certain point, like, there's a reason hoarders that show exist yeah. because it turns into a vicious cycle. And so it's self, self-care. We've got to just take care of ourselves on the regular. Yes, I would agree. Uh, it was, it's, it's just two and two that I did not put together as a child. That that was the same problem, quote unquote, for me is that it was something that didn't interest me. Give me a book, I could read it in a day. Hyperfixate, right? Mm-hmm. Give me give me a journal, I could write you in. A, I could fill the journal in a day with anything that I could write about. Like so, it, it's making more sense as we we are processing this conversation together, which is which is fantastic. That's that's good. It's a good thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> we do it. Yes, I do. Our, um, I almost said inspiring parody, but that's our friend Allison. Yes. Our, um, Hempworks crew. Mm. Yeah, Jess that was, uh, reaches out to me about that sometimes, too. That was, that was some good, good talks. Here. For sure. The community is necessary, especially with like-minded individuals, because uh, then you feel that acceptance and... I don't, it's even like the confidence that you mentioned earlier too. I can't even, if there was a word that blended confidence and acceptance together, which I'm sure there is, but that's just like the feeling that you get when, especially as you're like a newbie coming into your belief system to have a safe space to be able to talk about those things. Like, even if you're wrong, it's just something that you're new to exploring and you're just curious. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe, but not necessarily new to your belief system but like I was just new to entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. as a whole like when when we started doing that like three years ago now I guess I know yeah (laughs) but um I 
I live in a small enough town where we don't really have the women's groups that you guys do in Nebraska um, that you talk about. And I just kind of enviously said, oh, I wish I had something like that to go to. The closest is like Des Moines. Um, hopefully if somebody from someone is listening and I'm wrong, they like tag or send me, email me some, some places, but we don't have, um, a women's entrepreneurship group Mm -hmm. or what is the other one? YPO young professionals organization. Right. We've had them start up, but they never really take off or last very long. Sure. And I've been to them when they start up and they're great. And then there's, there's just not a whole lot of follow through. Mm -hmm. So to be a part of that, I felt like I got to be a part of one of those kinds of things and the practicing speaking really helped me grow. Um, We do have Toastmasters within the area and I thought about doing that, but I, I went back and forth between not feeling good enough and then kind of feeling like. I was well enough advanced in other areas. I didn't want to get asked, well, why are you here? Mm. Like I had had happened in other areas of my life, like applying for a waitress job. Well, we're hiring for management. You have experience. No, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Hiring to be able, I'm applying for this. I'm here for this reason. Right. And the reason would just be to be practiced, but I didn't want, I didn't want to be, shamed for being good at something either. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Yes. Um, 2023 will be interesting to kind of see what, um, is birthed from that. I am still really not all that excited about like starting something new. I've had people asking me, um, but I'm just not sure. I know I've, I've already expressed this to you. It's like, I'm so open to the universe right now, but I'm just a little frustrated because my commitment is to make decisions. Like I, there is no, by the way, I learned this from Master Splinter, so write it down. Okay, that's right, Ninja Turtles, okay? He told the turtles one day in an episode that Olivia was watching. Ninja Turtle t-shirts in elementary school. I was that tomboy. Hey, hey, Olivia just got the full set for Christmas. She is obsessed. She is obsessed oh, with Oh, you love this movie pictures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she loves it. Um, Old so, school Ninja Turtles? What's that? Old school? Any of them. Yeah, she'll watch any of them. Yeah. So um, we were watching an episode, and Master Splinter said to the turtles, there are no decisions, there's only choices. And I've said that at, like, three in three different podcasts already because I don't even give a shit. Because I was like, I looked at my husband and I said, did Master Splinter just, like, for real, for real drop that knowledge on me? And, like, I ran with that because it was it was the same thing as the... Is that the, the theme for you for 2023? Well, yeah, kind of, because I don't... You remember the hyperfixation I had on the quote? Um, well, it wasn't really a quote. It was, like, around Thomas Edison and the, the, the conversation about how many light bulbs he had made. And somebody said yeah. something to him, like, why didn't you give up sooner? You made 2,000 somehow. It was, like, close to 3,000 prototypes or whatever. And he said, I never thought life was failing... I just found 2,999 ways not to make a light bulb. Yep, that was that was a game changer for me there, too, because, again, it's that crippling fear of failure. That that used to be my big, 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 big guy, and I really haven't figured out what my hyperfixation is now that's been holding me back in my comfort zone, but that was for a long time. So anything that I can find that will continue to compound that idea around it's okay, you're supposed to make decisions, you're supposed to fail, that's how you learn, and blah, 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 I'll take them. So, yes, I'm going to be focusing on the fact it's like it's not a decision because when you say decision, it's too much pressure because if I make the wrong decision how is it going to impact me and my family and how then will i look because that's my subconscious fear anyways what people think of me so when i just decide to make a choice for myself and then also understand that giving myself grace around the fact that i'm allowed to make different choices so if it doesn't work out so the what 
then yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's my mantra for going into it, but it's definitely the headspace I'm walking into so that I don't feel as much pressure and then feel confident and capable to make decisions. Yeah. I just feel like it's beyond time. You like to be on time? I feel like it's beyond time to be in that role, in that mindset. I think that it's a good place for you to be because I, I said this to you the other day. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. And I think part of that is just that little voice is still being too loud. That will eventually come back. Yeah. Like you'll be able to control that dial. And then you'll forget that you, there's even a dial mm-hmm. because it'll be quiet enough. You'll, you'll be like, is it there? And then you'll hear it. And then, no, 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 no. Turn it back down. And you, you can, cause I've done that with her over the weekend. Mm. And you know how my week has been, the last two weeks have been. So if I can do that during the holiday without drinking, without using sex as a drug, without using any drugs, only naturally medicating and masturbating and napping, it's a, it's fucking achievable. Right. I agree with that. All those things that you talked about, they're all coping mechanisms. And, uh, you know, that is something that I'm... I, I am very, very clear on for self now. Um, I feel incredibly grateful that the level of addiction and things that I chose to self-medicate were not things like methamphetamine or cocaine or like anything that I would have injected intravenously. I understand that my addictions are still my own. And this is another thing that I have to work on with growth is like, that's a comparison, right? Like I truly believe in my heart of hearts that those are worse types of addictions. They are more painful. They they literally destroy your body faster than probably any other type of coping mechanism, but it doesn't change the fact that everybody has them. And the awareness that I have uh, of that is that how many people out there don't even recognize that they have a coping mechanism, which is an actual addiction. And those are things that are usually disguised as beneficial, like being a CEO of a company. It's just something they do. Yes. Or excessive working out. Yes. Yes. It's just who they are. Yes. Which is, yeah, which that's, you're taking it one step further, which I appreciate because I'm thinking of like surface level things like being a CEO and working 80 hours a week and, or being somebody who chronically works out because it's, it's good for you, especially if you're like the person I'm thinking of is they use it for their anxiety. Like they, they just, their anxiety stacks up if they don't get those endorphins out. But most people don't take it to the level of analyzing is it a detriment to my habit system or is it beneficial to my habit system? Which for most people, they're not even aware. Are you maintaining that, that fight or flight mechanism going on in your brain? Yeah. <laughs> that dopamine high mm-hmm. or like I've experienced the last few months, are you going to eventually get that crash and relax and learn? I don't, I'm not unsafe. I don't have to do that anymore. Right. Oh, this is what it feels like to be like, normal quote unquote yeah yes exactly yeah yeah i don't have to feel like this inside all the time yeah but that but that's like a step two or step three of the process right it's like because i feel like the like for example again the person i always think of like excessively working out is that that doesn't still happen yeah but it's the the constant correct right and that's what it is is like that's the primal response that people are unaware of is that your body is doing what it's meant to do, which is to find that process of keeping you alive by having you go, 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 go when you're in primal mode. It's the mental and soul level that are over here screaming at the top of their lungs because especially mental, because that's where those, those voices and those thoughts come in and who's like, who do you think you are? And that that's the voice that's running the show. And then the soul level is like, 
well, if we were just conjoined, all three of us, that you could really do exactly what you wanted whenever you wanted, as long as you were feeling it fully in this moment and presence, because that's the only thing that exists. But you're hyper-focused on a future that isn't even here yet because you feel so unsafe that you are living in the unlimited possibilities that are in existence. Yeah. yeah. So no wonder you're exhausted. So on top of just filtering your physical senses. Yeah, yeah. It's cold in here. I'm hungry. I have to pee. That sound is loud. There's someone hollering for me. There's a dog pawing at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and then you take it one step further with those other things you were talking about. This shirt feels itchy. This headband's hurting my head. My contacts are super dry. All of those, like touch sensory things combined with all of the other elements it is like i i actually had heard somebody talk about this not too long ago where i don't remember what the conversation was but she had said like a professor was like i he's like i'm always stunned when people don't really pay attention to the fact that they can smell their own breath but they just don't anymore or you can smell like this is like this is something i always pay attention to when i clean my nose ring and or i just like swish it you know to clean it and then you can smell your fucking snot boogers like if you don't have a nose piercing you don't get that but yeah, you disrupt. No, I know. You, but you do. So you like you, you disrupt all of a sudden what the normalness of your baseline. So it's like oh yeah. now I can smell the thing in my nose that I would be smelling all the time, but my brain has tricked me into thinking that I can't smell it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So like when you're like when you're in your home for your party because in the winter time you don't smell your air freshener or whatever. Yes. Yes. Same thing. Yeah. Same okay. thing. Yeah, you become blind to those things because of that reason. You process 60,000 thoughts a day. You can't process them all individually. Otherwise, you would fry out. Your circuits would short, right? So, so different, different sense, same organ. So your eyes actually see your nose. Mm-hmm. They just see it all the time. So your eyes overlap that vis- vision and you have to like actually look yeah you don't even think about the fact that your nose is in your vision all the time yes i've heard that one too same kind of thing same kind of awareness right so yes i can always see the tip of mine me too can you Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i thought it was just because mine was square never mind yeah i could see my nose ring too (laughs) (laughs) that booger filled nasty snot rocket I digress. Uh, so one thing I wanted to bring up too is right um, is like you know we're talking about like programming and children and stuff like this, and I feel like I'm in a really unique space right now of parenting because um, you know this is again one of these things that has been a top priority for me in shifting my awareness of like if you're a parent, especially if you're going through personal awareness and you haven't gotten here yet, I really want to plant this seed for you now. You need if you are somebody who has children and you've had children prior to your personal development, you need to look real hard at your kids. Uh, I have I've expressed this to my closest friends, um, but I knew that this was actually what was kicking off my, my newest dark night of the soul was that I knew subconsciously that I really needed to take a hard look at my kid who I programmed before I was in personal development. Yeah, I programmed when I was in an unhealthy relationship and he's a great kid, but I could just, it was more of the, the feeling that he was going to be struggling and he's already struggling a little bit because how wouldn't he? He's going through exactly what I was going through because I didn't know who I was or have any skill sets or tools or whatsoever. So the whole point of bringing this up is that um, to speed this story up, and it'll be a conversation for another day, I suspect, but I feel like both of my children, my 15-year-old and my 4-year-old, are pretty much at the same place, emotional intelligence-wise. And so this has been a very tricky situation in the house because um, in our blended family situation, my husband, in my opinion, always got it right more than I did. Like, he was already more aware, so his kid has less of a hurdle in terms of 
lack of awareness because he only had one detached parent where his dad was really, really invested and involved. And my kiddo had two people who were completely immature and no skill sets or whatever. So that's the deficit. And so uh, as we're working on this together as a family, as I'm definitely over loving my kid and giving him all this unconditional love that he's so deserving of, um, I really feel like my my four-year-old and my 15-year-old are the same space. And it's difficult because you have a 15-year-old and we have expectations of what a 15-year-old should be, whether that's for myself or in within this family unit that I'm in um, and even society wise. Right. So it's so difficult because like one, I'm not asking people to baby my kid, but I am asking them to be in awareness and understanding, especially people that have known me all my life. Like, listen, you understand that I'm not the same person. How could you not see or extend that grace to my kid? Like, I understand it's frustrating. I understand you want to see results. I understand that it might rub you the wrong way. I know I live with it and I have been in a painful sense of awareness around it, not because of what it does to me, but because of the, again, the deficit that my kid starts off at. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because whether this is like something that you need to look at for self and you're feeling like, again, I need to be farther along, you're looking at your kids, wondering how you drop the ball. I, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart that I knew that treating him like a quote unquote baby was going to be the best thing I could do. I don't baby him. I don't take care of him, but I treat him in the same manner because he never heard the language to begin with. So what am I going to do? I can't start from level 12 of personal development. I have to start at level zero, the same way I did with Olivia. So if you are somebody who's feeling overwhelmed or you're struggle busing with like an important relationship in your life, like your kids are non-negotiable, right? If this is like a partner or a friendship, you have the availability of uh, evaluating and deciding, is this person ever going to like step up and meet me in the middle? Because that's necessary. Compromise is mandatory in a relationship like that. But when it's your children, you don't have a choice, right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed, lost, isolated, please hear my heart when I tell you that it's worth it. You will see progress. And that's actually the thing that kind of extends into those additional relationships for me. It allows for me to have more patience and understanding and clarity, which is ironic because the thing I just said about te- uh, like uh, treating my, my four, 15-year-old as, as a four-year-old, I do that to everybody now. Like when I feel like there's a, a hiccup involved, is, and I've, I've told my clients this forever, it's like, I hate to say this, but treat your man like you would treat a toddler or a dog. And then they laugh and go, that makes so much sense. And then it was like, duh, Rachel, I need to do that to everybody in my life, basically, that I feel like I'm having some contention with or who is not the same eye-to-eye level with me, an emotional, energetic level. I agree with that so much. And it's funny that you say that because I have have not been able to articulate that properly lately, but it is so true. And it's, it sounds worse than what it actually is. Right. It sounds insultive, but it's not. We are so... As humans, self-absorbed and self-absolved because we have ourselves, the ego, the, you know, the, the interchangeable aspects and voices of ourselves, not to sound schizophrenic, um, within that communication of higher, lower self, different areas of us, whatever your beliefs are, um, in dimensions, we can even go into that. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, that's another discussion later. Yeah. But we, um... We get so wrapped up in that that we forget that other people don't know what's going on in here. Correct. And they don't know our self-narrative. And, like, looking at me, you don't know that halfway through this conversation, I've seen multiple little videos come across my my peripheral vision that you can't see. Right. And I have whiteboard images over here of words that you said that stand out that I want to remember later or that triggered me or my own aha moments of, oh, that resonated. I want to say something, but 
she's really in flow and it doesn't matter anyways, but I gotta check that myself later. <clears throat> so we have to be able to communicate those things. Yes. And we don't all have the same verbiage, vocabulary, definition of words. What is love to me is not love to you. There's five different love languages. What is hot to me is not hot to you. It may be lukewarm. You know, there's so many things. So we have to literally talk to them like they're younger, anybody. Yeah. Because we want to be able to effectively communicate our needs as simply without being needy, egotistical, putting someone else down, making them feel bad for not giving you what you need, but still be able to communicate it well so that everyone is getting their needs met and re reevaluating and being able to change that relationship with you and your son of whatever age i'm so proud and thankful to be able to call you a friend be able to do that and watch you because i <laughs> I know so many people that can't ever even admit that they have a fault as a parent, that they're just parents. They're, they're right. Yeah. Regardless, they're parents. Yeah. Uh, and then there's other people that feel like it's too late. Their kids are already alone. Yes. And it's not. Yeah. It's never too late to change that. So I'm, I'm super glad to be able to be a part of that and see all this and everything. Um, so that I can make sure that I'm being the best parent I can be when it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, well, we got about four minutes left uh, as we wrap this up. Uh, I, I want to thank you. Those were some very kind words, and I am incredibly grateful for our friendship because, uh, you know, since we've been hanging out together, I've always known that you are a safe space. You are one of the few individuals that I can say anything, and I know that it's not going to be – like, you're going to take it – However, I need you to take it. If it's just like a sounding board to listen, if you if I'm going to need advice, you're going to be there. If it's just perspective shifting, I'm very appreciative of that. Yes, um, I know that this is going to be one of the hardest portions of my personal development journey. I felt it in my bones, but it's also because it's it involves again reprogramming somebody and try. And, and the most the most prolific thing I needed him to know as we started family therapy together. And I'm going to say this because I think things that people need to hear it, especially again, if you are dealing with this with children is I needed him to understand blatantly that we are not here in therapy because something is wrong with you. We are here because I failed you. I was short and I'm not going to, I'm not, it's not a victim mentality is like, look at me, like feel bad for me. Cause I, I, I failed you. It's that I'm in full awareness that I needed to do better for you. And now I'm going to do right by you. And it's not necessarily always going to be fun, but it's, it's not because I'm trying to change who you are. I'm trying to help who you are. And I would say that to self. And I would say that to you, my best friend, Josie, I would say that to anybody who's listening, because that is a, a thing that we have to convince ourselves of is that it's not that we are bad people. We're just people who get it wrong from time to time. And we're people who should be allowed to make mistakes and make changes and really evaluate that and ask for help when we don't know any better and not be ashamed of that because that's what a human yeah. being is. Nobody gets it right every, every time and nobody knows everything as much as they may think they do. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So, um, thank you so much for being here with me today. And, uh, you know, thank you um, for asking me to jump on board again. Yeah. Yeah. It's my pleasure. My pleasure to say the least. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up our podcast. Uh, like I'd mentioned in the description, I'm going to get you a way to contact, uh, Josie. If you feel like you really resonate with her story, or if you are in the Ottumwa, Iowa area and you need an intimacy coach or you just need a friend, then hell
Hell yeah, we've got, we've got it kicking off here pretty good. I hope that you'll be on the show again sometime soon, dear friend. Yeah, Anything that you want to... be doing my first class, oh, uh, yeah. uh, ladies and party class, uh, at the end of January, so, uh, 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 oh, I think it's in the Ohio area. Heck yes! Just resonated me. I want to do it on Zoom, because that's where it'll be. Yeah, yes. Check it out. Check it out. I'm very proud of you, and I look forward to, you know, seeing what comes from that, to say the least. So uh, we appreciate y'all listening in. Make sure that you give us a like. Make sure that you share it. Make sure you do something, some way, shape, or form. Even just get into the DMs and let us know that you really resonate with this message that, uh, you know, shapes where we continue to go in terms of the kind of content that we're delivering and really just building the community because that's one of the best things about what we do here. So uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope that you have a fantastic day. Stay happy, stay healthy, and, of course, Wash your hands. Bye-bye.